Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's that rebel music. 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 It's that rebel. It's that rebel. Welcome to Land Shark After Dark, your favorite podcast about the old Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. We got a very special show for you today. Uh, all hands on deck here, uh, what, one day before Ole Miss's opener with Florida State. We're going to talk about the uh, wonderful opening weekend that was in college football. Several special guests on deck. Let me introduce my co-host, John Stefanzik. Uh, John, why don't you introduce who you got over with you on your end? Yeah, so we're live from Dover, New Hampshire. Table Cobblestead has made the pilgrimage up here to have our joint Chad Kelly uh ceremony up here in the uh, land where everybody is against the world and we also would like to just state that we have superior brick to what you guys have in madison what are your thoughts on that caleb you've seen both i mean there's there's brick apartments here you go to a nice seafood place and there's brick you go to madison it's like oh our mcdonald's is better because it's made out of brick you go here it's like there were some pilgrims and shit on this yeah this is this is brick from when America was was made, when America was founded, three baby. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think, seven, I don't seven, think seven, anyone in right? Madison is like, yeah, Madison's the greatest city in the Northeast. It's more like a competition is pretty. The bar is pretty low uh, as far <laughs> as nice cities in Mississippi. Am I right? Let me introduce. Let me introduce my guest. Uh, returning to the show, we got Paul Katul in the house. What's up, Paul? What's up, man? Thanks First for time me. guest, great friend of the show, often name checked. Ryan McDermott over here, furiously scribbling down. <laughs> I think jokes. I'm excited about that. He's he's been doing some uh, some sports betting. I think he has lots of insights on that for us. But I want to say hey to the people. Hey everyone, really excited to be here today. Uh, would like to note one important fact about Madison, Mississippi. I have it on high authority from Facebook that you can still get the spicy chicken biscuit at the Chick-fil-A in Madison, Mississippi. So I don't, I don't think that's true. We don't true. even have Chick-fil-A <laughs> here. We're too far north. <laughs> yeah, wait, what's the, what's the northeast equivalent of the Chick-fil-A? Like, it wouldn't be religious, right? It would be, like, militantly atheist. Uh, and mm. it's not we chicken. Got a, we got a fucking lobster fillet up here. I'd say it's got to be seafood. Lobster roll. Yeah. Lobster roll. Lobster roll. Lobster roll. John, do you guys have Wawa's where you live? Uh, I don't know what a Wawa is. It's, a, it's this convenience store in New Jersey. It's a convenience store chain. We're a in New long Jersey. ways from New Jersey culturally. Yeah, <laughs> but culturally. I'm just saying that the Wawa is to New Jersey what Chick Fil A is to the South. If you gotcha. Just... gotcha. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Hey, uh, just a, just a forewarning to the listeners: if I start cursing um, just out of nowhere, it's because Kilkenny yeah. is down right now um, <laughs> versus Tipperary in the hurling final. Oh shit! I've got that coming live from Dublin. Yeah, we got that on the big screens here in the uh, the Landshark headquarters. Obviously, you got to follow the important uh, international sports events. Um, but you guys want to talk a little bit about these games? I mean, we had a full slate of, of uh, games already, with a couple more left on the weekend. Um, let's start on Thursday. Let's do chronologically. Um, real barn burner in Knoxville as Tennessee hosted uh, upset-minded Appalachian State. They pulled out the win, twenty to thirteen. But basically, they had to win on. 
a Josh Dobbs fumble into the end zone in overtime. It was like the reverse of how Bo Wallace lost the Egg Bowl that one time. Uh, that was pretty silly. Can we get is or is everyone ready to admit that Tennessee was overhyped or is this a one game kind of thing? What do y'all I've think? Never bought into them. Their defense is good, but Dot their offense. I mean, they have the players, but they don't have any organization or chemistry on there. What is, do you think, Caleb? Is Dobbs the dumbest rocket scientist? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Like, he better not get an ass job. I don't this. know. See, it's weird. Sometimes he'll be like some like jock football player, and he'll just like know the playbook and have like football smarts, but like right, just right. like so dumb, like Ben Roethlisberger, you know? Yeah. But then you'll have some guy that's like you know majoring in rocket science who can't make a read. And just has to like scramble every play like Dobbs. Yeah, Dude, I don't. We, know. I don't. We, I I don't understand it. Can we talk about Tennessee's offensive line specifically? Uh, Drew Richmond at left tackle in his debut. That was um, <laughs> not the best moment for him. I'd say. I forgot he existed, but yeah. I mean, they. Hey, these these gritty one hundred pound Irish hurling players could man the line better than. Well, that, sounds like, that sounds like Appalachian State's line. They were just like outworking them up there, like those little guys. Uh, did y'all see that that defensive tackle that was also playing guard? That game was so amazing. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they had, yeah saw him, and then they had a def- a nose guard named Stout who was like two hundred forty <laughs> pounds. It was like a poor man's Isaac Grace who was wrecking shit. Um, their linebackers were just good though. One of their linebackers is going to make it in the. Making the pros as a backup or something, maybe Law, the middle linebacker, but yeah, yeah. Appalachian State has good linebackers. But they had they had several chances uh, to win that game. Their field goal kicker makes an extra point, and uh, what would have been a game winning, I think, field goal at least would have put him in the lead late. Um, let's see, like I said, in overtime that fumble for a touchdown, and then there was something else too that I was going to point out where Tennessee just basically shot themselves in the foot again. It wasn't good. What, I mean, let's go back and talk about, you know, over the summer, the Chad Kelly, Joshua Dobbs discussion was yeah. even more ridiculous. <laughs> Why did you put them in the same sentence? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, you know, you compare stats, and, and stats aren't always telling, but Chad Kelly was just so far ahead of Josh Dobbs in the stat department, and if you saw them play, especially the second half of the season, it's not even a discussion, and then you see this game, you know, no, no not to discount Appalachian State, but I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that, that Joshua Dobbs just isn't very good. Wait, who who does more, or who does, excuse me, who does less with more talent than Butch Jones? <laughs> he I was in the studio sat yesterday. Like, ah, I saw that in New York the for the CBS thing. Like, what the hell is it? Like, go that coach was, your team. I assume I assumed he already got fired. That's yeah, hilarious. He was just yeah. after the game. Also, he said, "I I, I won't apologize for a win." <laughs> you know, okay, <laughs> okay. Talking, uh, talking about the win. You know, I want to apologize for a win. As an Ole Miss fan, I have to always put myself in the shoes of what would I do if I was a fan of this particular team in discussion. If you're a Tennessee fan <laughs> and you get three or four games into the season and you're winning and the season's looking good and you're doing good, at that point in time, you look at your schedule you got hanging in the kitchen for the year. There's a W next to it. I mean. You can come back. Ole Miss has had many seasons where we've had some really close calls in some games, and at the end of the season, only thing you see is the W on the board. I don't know. That's my particular take. Yeah, no, you're right. And, I mean, that the, that's really the point, the takeaway from this Appalachian State game is if they go, you know, 
uh, ten and one in the next eleven games. It really doesn't matter that they look shitty against App State. But I think most people are looking at this as an indicator. They have a lot of weaknesses. They were overhyped. They have two great running backs and a decent running quarterback. And even with that, they struggle to score points on App State. I mean, I, I thought also the play calling was suspect. Like, why are they not feeding the rock to those two running backs more? I mean, Joshua Dobbs is is what he thought is what we thought he was going to be, and that offensive line is is pretty that bad. That guy's a senior, right, Josh Dobbs? Hey. Yeah, he's a senior. He's, he was making some dumbass mistakes. Yeah, he's not a good passer. That's the thing. No. He's hey, not no. a good passer. Hey, hey, Paul. So you were talking about how people were comparing Chad Kelly versus Josh Dobbs earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but now isn't it? Well, who's better, freshman Shea Patterson or number two quarterback or Josh Dobbs? Oh, I take. I'd take Shea Patterson, probably. I mean, who knows? We haven't seen any Shea Patterson game footage. But if the choice is a senior running quarterback that does the shit Josh Dobbs does in that game or a freshman passer with mobility with a lot of high ceiling, I mean, I'm going to take the high ceiling guy, obviously. Dobbs is not impressing me in any way. Here's how screwed up the media narrative is right now: is that we're watching LSU Wisconsin yesterday, great and one game. of the keys for Ole Miss is for Kelly to avoid mistakes. I know the I only know. turnover he had from Arkansas onward was Laquan just quit running the route in the Sugar Bowl, and no, Stringfellow had to get. I've been hearing that narrative too. It's like uh, force Kelly to make boneheaded mistakes. Blah blah blah. I really think more like the takeaway from Kelly that I've seen is even when he makes mistakes, he comes back out the next drive and forgets about it and goes back to work. I, I really, he's not a Bo Wallace type where his mistakes compound and compound and compound. That's not what I've seen out of him. I got, I agree that narrative is misguided. Justin, it warms my heart that we can still like say bad things about Bo Wallace, even though he's long gone from yeah, the university. You know, okay, so. For, for a second there, at the end of Bo's senior season, like before we knew that Jack Kelly was going to be really good, it kind of felt like we were all like going to begrudgingly like accept Bo Wallace as like a good quarterback. And then we had Chad to remind us like how much better we could have been under Freeze. And that pretty much feels like now we're all like, oh yeah, Bo held us back. We hate that guy. Oh, oh you know makes it even better? What? So we kept saying, well, he's the best we could have gotten. We couldn't have gotten anybody else, like, relatively competent. Uh, you're gonna go but C.J. Bethard, it was committed to us that we kind of hand-waved. We were like, eh, we'll honor your commitment, but we're not going to recruit you. Uh, last time I checked, um, he went to a Rose Bowl, and uh, he's no worse a quarterback than uh, Bo Wallace. So. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to be an NFL games. guy. He would, not, he would not have won six games in 2012, which they had to win six games We don't know that. We don't know that. I think we can say Reasonable that. doubt. Probably Reasonable not. Reasonable doubt. Okay, this isn't the court of law. This Bo is was what... gritty. Bo was a gamer. But, I mean, I think we're all happier with it not being him. You know, going out of the pocket, yep. throwing that 40-yard like heave that's like, you know that's a pick when it's like at the top of its trajectory. You're like, that's coming down to a defender. That's We know that. There were some great picks this weekend. Uh, really enjoyed it. I love the uh, the Brandon Harris pick to seal that Wisconsin victory. That was nice. Yeah, best pick of the weekend. Everybody needs to go around and get theirs. <laughs> uh, the Harris pick's too obvious. Yeah. I'm going to say the Bart Houston pick six to try. <laughs> to, uh, was Tredavion White? Like, that was yeah. the dumbest pick six. That was dumber than Harris's pick. And they still won the game, but, like. Well, I'm trying to remember mine. I think it might have been. Dobbs. There was definitely one I saw where the QB just threw it. Yeah, he just he he like panicked, so he just threw it in the air. Oh, I saw Josh Rosen had a really dumb one too. Did you see that? Yeah. He's gonna throw it away. 
Yeah, he, he tried to like shovel pass incompletion to avoid a sack, and he just like hung in the air for like five seconds, and a, a defensive lineman scooped it. Michigan, Michigan, you know, killed their opponent, but I think one of the first plays of college football I saw this season was the Michigan Wilson spite like uh, play action drops back and throws like a three yard interception, just like on a swing <laughs> Ooh, pass to start the game. That was pretty funny. That's great. Um, let's talk about the other game from Thursday night. Uh, Will Muschamp, in his second SEC debut, took South Carolina into Nashville. And I really thought Vanderbilt played a good game in the first half. Um, didn't really understand some of what Mason was doing, switching out quarterbacks. I think they should probably switch, stick with uh, Kyle Shermer. He's pretty good. Um, but their defense, defense got tired. Go ahead. Go upset ahead. by a less talented team, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for the Vanderbilt players, honestly. They, they seem like they're always out there trying really hard. And, I mean, I think a lot of that has to fall on the coaching at this point because I don't, I don't think you can really blame it on the players. They seem to have totally bought in. It's, what, year three with Derek Mason? He's, hey, he's a really good defensive coordinator, but he's not a, but he's not a head coach. But like, so he's can, so we, mad at can we get Womack to retire after the season and hire Derek Mason to be our D.C.? I mean, you can you can wish for that. I just Hey, hear me out. If I'm if I'm Mason, you know what I do? What? I, I get rid of all the offensive staff and I take an offensive coordinator. I steal an offensive coordinator from Georgia Tech or Navy. Oh, I like but it. If they just ran triple a triple option. option like gimmick offense without top of the SEC defense, I, don't hate I think it. they go to a bowl game every year. I think they're a six seven win yeah. team. Probably so, but didn't he just replace the entire offensive staff last year? Yeah, he got Andy Ludwig from uh yeah, was that Georgia? from Georgia? Wisconsin, Wisconsin maybe? Yeah. yeah. Because he wants to be like a power running team, but like yeah, but see that was that was the mistake. He should just be a gimmick team. I agree with you. Is it okay? Here's my question: If you're recruiting these academically talented kids like Stanford and all that, do you have to have a system with a fullback? Is that what's going on? Seems like all these <laughs> schools have fullbacks. That's like the the white smart kid position, huh? Dude, I, I think you're right, position. and you know what? You know what? You're gonna get the best fullbacks. If you have a triple option, you're going to be right, stealing exactly. standards fullbacks. <laughs> who, who are the best fullbacks? What what service ranks the best fullbacks? I wonder. I wonder who. How do you really compare them? Uh, it's the biggest white guy that's listed at running back. Who you know is not going to play running back. But he, he, he blocks like a son of a gun. <laughs> um, what, what else? What else take away from this game though? I didn't really, honestly, did not notice much from the Muschamp perspective. He kind of just hung around, hung around, and then led a drive to win it at the end. I mean, it's shocking to me that they hired Muschamp. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm still shocked by that. I agree. It, 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 that's not going to work long term. Mason should have won that game. Managed to not do so. He's he's out. He'll he'll be he'll get a DC job and be really good for somebody. He, here's where he's get, here's where he's going to go, Caleb. And we'll get to we'll, we'll get, bump ahead a little bit. Les Miles is dead man walking. He looks senile in that press conference. He's fired. If LSU does this right, they hire Tom Herman, and Mason's the DC at LSU. <laughs> that's interesting. That's a monster coaching what, staff. What if all the teams just switch coaches? Like Mullen goes to LSU, Miles <laughs> Miles goes to MSU, uh, Derek Mason goes to Tennessee, Butch Jones goes to Vanderbilt. That would be fun. It's like musical chairs. I think uh, I think Mullen and what's his name UOL. Hudspeth, I think they're yes. just going to switch. They should yeah. switch. They should keep their contracts, though. So Hudspeth still gets paid by ULL, and Mullen still makes $4 million to coach ULL, but State has to pay it. Yeah. I would love that. 
Um, <laughs> I think it's gonna happen. What's, what's I crazy? Said, that's that's the next game chronologically, huh? South Dallas, Mississippi State. So just yeah. keep that in mind. Continue your conversation. Oh, uh, what's crazy about Muschamp though is that you know he, it seems like he didn't learn anything from Florida. Like the same freaking staff is there. That's I know. What, that's oh, what's God. crazy. How do, you, how do you do that? He's not like what's the offensive coordinator's name that's again? Crazy. Kurt Roper. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like the okay, but I will say this: they do. It looks like they do have a pretty nice weapon at wide receiver. I think his name's Brian Edwards. Have like over a hundred yards. True freshman look good. So at least you know there's something. So to did, how? My question is, how empty is that cupboard? How empty did Sperrier leave that cupboard? Pretty bad. That's what I thought. I mean, they so have like these people. They'll either see where the running backs are. These Muschamp recruits, or were they already there? Yeah, they're Muschamp recruits. Oh wow! Uh, that quarterback, the true freshman, looks like he's going to be a player. McElwain, Brandon McElwain, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He, it's obvious he's not exactly ready right now. I, I thought I thought the Vanderbilt South Carolina game was the gambler's pick of the weekend. To be honest with you, uh, at the time of kickoff, the spread was was five in the favor of Vanderbilt, and the under was forty two. Um, a lot of my friends got the South Carolina money line. We did well. I, I did a little parlay on the South Carolina money line and took the under. Um, I, I thought it was one of the easiest bet picks of the weekend. I thought. South yeah, I just Carolina, I thought I, I just agreed. I thought Houston Vanderbilt was a good bet, but. What'd you say, John? I thought, yeah, I thought the Vandy uh, South Carolina under and the Houston in uh, the Houston with eleven points or whatever they end up with with the two gimmies. The yeah, Houston, about, Houston just flat out punked them in that game. How about uh, how about Vegas just owning everybody on that that Clemson Auburn line? You know, Auburn's Auburn's going to go seven and five, but like they'll probably fire Gus because like the defense is really good. Really good front seven, but they can't score because they can't figure out a quarterback. Right. It's like, well, I read people this morning saying that uh, that Dabo not kicking that field goal at the end is kind of fishy. Like, because uh, it was obvious, it was obvious that Vegas was setting people up for a sucker bet on Clemson minus eight, and they they got their cover. I don't know. That was with the mobsters. I buy that theory. Eighty percent of the money was on Clemson. I think so. They, they did pretty well last night with that six point cover for Auburn. After seeing a shaky start for some teams in the SEC, I actually took the Auburn money line against Clemson against my better judgment. Um, but I felt good about it at the time. Of Wait, did you did you only take the Auburn money line, or did you? Um, so actually, I did a lot of gambling yesterday. And, you know, when you bet on a lot of games and you're doing these, like, 10 and $25 bets all over the place, sometimes you lose track of it. I figured out at kickoff of the Clemson game that I actually had money on the Auburn money line and Clemson minus eight. So I actually possible and lost both bets. He lost both. Yeah, that's uh, Vegas was built with people, but, people who played both sides of games. But Thursday, bets. Thursday night, I had a ten dollar parlay bet to win five hundred and fifty two dollars. So I'm your I'm your gold picks of the week right here. I'll just send those out. You know, once I get them together, everybody put your money down. Yeah, we're gonna be the first podcast in history that offers exotic bet picks. It's like, hey, try try these 10, 10 team parlays and see what happens. One more take on the Auburn game and Gus Malzahn. Uh, that whole quarterback thing he does just drives me insane. I I know Gus, Gus has proven himself. I think he's a pretty good college coach. Maybe he has some things to work out. But that's a high school move, and it reminds me of some of the things that Hugh Freeze did before yeah. you know, he let Dan Warner take over the offense. It's like when anything goes wrong, just like shuffling those quarterbacks in and out, and it's just, I don't know, there's just something about it that... that Wait, this so yeah, was, why, 
while we're there, can we can we say R.I.P. to James Franklin after that Jalen Ramsey tweet yesterday? <laughs> did y'all did y'all see that? It was savage, man. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey John tweeted. Franklin. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey tweeted. Uh, John Franklin left FSU as a third string, and now at Auburn as a third string. Maybe it's not the program, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> He absolutely obliterated him. I'm like Jalen. Did you have to do him like that? Like, you're, like that's not necessary. I, I feel bad for John Franklin, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, he, 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 I didn't care for his body language at all watching Last Chance You. That's no, tough. I agree. I totally agree. And see, that's the thing. I kind of feel like if Auburn could have watched the whole series, they probably would have thought differently. But they only saw that one game. <laughs> <laughs> that's my theory. Um, wait, I want, I want one of you two guys to, uh, to describe or set the scene, uh, what happened yesterday in, uh, Mississippi State's kickoff game. When I say in Dover or you're talking? No, I just mean, I, I just mean in general, I'll, I can, I can, I can help. So Mississippi yeah, State. Here, no, we can do this. My, my takeaway from Alabama. the state game is that. No, we gotta set the scene. <laughs> okay. this is, this, yeah, this is how this works. We you set the we scene set the first. Scene. Okay. So, so we're we get back from Portsmouth around three o'clock. This is our version of it. Okay, that's great. Caleb's like, John, what game's the state game on? And I'm like, Caleb, you can figure this out as much as I can. I don't know. I'm sure they're up by like thirty right now. Right. They're down a point with forty seconds left. What? So we like quickly like Comcast voiceover to SEC network. Like I'm thinking this is a troll. After almost getting we're, a fist fight for a second. We didn't get in a fist fight. <laughs> I just told you to like I told you that I don't know everything. You're like, fuck you, I work for a living. You got a computer too, go find it. Go find it, yeah. <laughs> You're holding a phone, go find it. Anyway. I couldn't get the internet to load. Oh, you guys got a goal, you're up at two now. So <laughs> so we're sitting there like, wait, is this real? But then like they get in field goal range, and we're like, well, okay, at least they look like crap. They're going to get out of this game. And they get down to a 28-yarder, and it's, it's on the left hash, and the back of the are going, he, you know, shaky. And then it, we watch that kick, it doinks, and we're like, yeah, we're just like dancing around the, my apartment. And then, and then we watch the, the kicker. No, then we watch the replay, <laughs> and everybody did like the, oh, man, in the background. And we yeah. just hilarious. And then, uh, and then we researched, and we saw the kicker tweet an apology, and he's from Flowood, went to Jack, and went to Jackson Prep, and he's a Sigma Chi State. <laughs> and we were just like, "This is perfect. We're done. Like today is already perfect." So, yeah, Ryan, it's you know, I mean, John Weston Graves, last chance you season three. Weston Graves is going to be a star. Look out for it. That <laughs> <laughs> did well. Ryan's crossing it off the list. <laughs> that one killed. He's got jokes. Uh, you know, no, that was good. Also, on the same note here, I did some Wikipedia on the University of South Alabama. I was kind of interested, you know, what are they like? Sure. Um, yeah. Notable things. Their most notable alumni, in my opinion, from their rather long list, uh, a lot of professional baseball players, uh, David Fries, um, oh, wow. formerly third baseman of the St. Louis Cardinals. Very, yeah. very shocked that he went there. Jump out the window real quick. Personal favorite, personal favorite, uh, most notable alumni from the University of South Alabama. They hold a world record. Michael Kearney was the world's youngest college graduate. Graduated with a bachelor's degree from the University of South Alabama when he was the ripe age of 10. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I don't know how much that says about USA's academic uh, (laughs) prowess, but that is cool. That is cool. Um, 
So, like, what what happened in this game? Like, honestly, obviously, State's offense looked like garbage. You you know what happened is everybody keeps saying, "Oh, Dak was this fucking fullback, and Dan Mullen's so talented, told, he coached him you, up." Dak doing so well in the preseason good, told me that State was yeah. behind. Mullen was holding Dak back. Dak had so much potential, and Mullen was holding him well, back. Mullen was holding it's him like, back you know, by not having any good might players. Be good. Yes. One of these state quarterbacks might be good, but Mullen's holding him back because he's just a bad quarterback coach. Well, I think I think it's really more about the fact that they have no talent around them. I mean, they have they have one good receiver. Their backs are questionable. That offensive line does not look great for the second year in a row. They're slow on defense. What if Ralph? Could have been an NFL pocket passer, and Mullen just ruined him with his stupid system. <laughs> you never know. You never know. No, I think you got to give Mullen credit for developing. I think Justin's onto something. That offense, he functioned pretty well. Recruiting has been line. so bad the last two years for them. The last three years. But I thought stars don't matter. I thought it was about grinders. Stars don't matter uh, unless you're not even getting like the three stars, and then you're, <laughs> and then you're really in trouble. Two stars yeah. matter. That matters. You know, you know who's getting kids. hurt by the NCAA investigation? The state is state. because we're taking all the three star in state grind. That's totally true. That's a hot take that I've actually heard lately. That uh, is going to hurt them. Monte Epson. State was counting on guys like that, man. Yeah. We're, we're stealing. We're stealing Mullen's grinders. Javi and Hamilton. Uh, yeah. Those guys, yeah, totally. Dude, State needs them, yeah. You're right. You're totally right about that. Um, yeah, did you, wait, did you mention that undersized corner from Oxford? That that guy would totally have gone to State in the past. Rocket? Rock yeah. Cat. I mean, yeah. in normal year, they would have taken Rocket and celebrated like, oh, it's just like losing Willie Gay. Right, it would have been the exact same thing. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so I, they would have portrayed it. I thought we should mention uh, South Alabama's defensive coordinator, Kane Womack, the son of Dave Womack. Uh, yeah, Paul Paul noticed this tweet that he sent. Have y'all seen this? And, like, right after the game was over, he tweeted, uh, was it a winky emoji? Yeah, it, at Coach <laughs> Hugh Freeze and Coach Womack. He tweeted, dad. at That's Freeze awesome. and Womack, a winky emoji. That's all. With no context. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and then, shortly after, Freeze started, like, retweeting his death threats. I thought that was <laughs> interesting. Did y'all see that? No, I didn't, man. That's funny. I'm really surprised that... No, Freeze is a child Freeze... on social media. I think we can all admit that. You know what? You know what offended me about that death threat tweet? What? Is that was supposed to be like a red cup parody? Yeah. But the like persona was like angry, violent, alt right troll. Yeah, it was called Red Ass Rebellion. Which yeah, is a pretty funny. Well, that's name. what made me mad. Is they called it Red Ass Rebellion. But if you're like the kind that's of person on Twitter that like tells people to kill themselves, yeah. like this or die angry, in a car accident troll, shouldn't they have gone with like Red Cuck Rebellion? Yeah, that's pretty good. But I, I doubt the person that started that knows what a cuck is because they probably are one. <laughs> I mean, they're getting cucked by Mullen to the tune of four million dollars, right? Um, okay, best best tweet that I've found using the hashtag Life After Dak, uh, the right field heckler before the game is Ole Miss fan. I think MSU starts out slow, but ultimately wins by three plus touchdowns. Their starting QB won half an Egg Bowl once. That's neat. Hashtag life after death. But he turned out to be wrong about that because they got owned. So let's. We should probably mention like Fitzgerald got the start. I think that he should be the guy that's starting every game for them. I don't understand why Mullen's taking out the guy with more potential to play Williams, the little short guy. Absolutely. Uh, hey, did they play the uh, the redneck from Last Chance U? I don't think, no, they didn't, I don't think. Wyatt Roberts, the truck? He's yeah. the truck. Yeah, well, you know, we Wyatt Roberts, he was... Uh, as, as he put he it, as, as, as he put it, he's like, 
you know, I was back up for Chad Kelly. You know, he's D one. John Franklin couldn't beat me out. He's Auburn. Like, why? Yeah. Why? Why am I not in the SEC? It's like, why well, nobody offer me? He's got his chance now. I like that he's talking about like I'll probably just go to Mississippi State, play some intramurals. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> I'm gonna turn down a free education at Mississippi College, play some intramurals. I mean, okay, I'm with Wyatt Roberts on that. I wouldn't go to NC if they paid me. I mean, you if, if one D three school offers you another one, will he could have gone out of state if he wanted to to play D three ball. Yeah, I guess. I'm just saying, look for another offer to the Mississippi College. I would just be miserable. Well, but but did you did point? you see how like he was like, oh no, that, he wouldn't talk to state. He's like, they have to come to me. He's like, I'm not gonna go ask any school for a scholarship. Well, and you know, if you're waiting on Dan Mullen and his staff to come do some work on the recruiting show, you're gonna be waiting a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That wasn't a great strategy. I, I feel like they. He probably was on campus before they realized who he was. Um, Anything else from state, or do we want to move on to the? We want to talk LSU. Can I ask one question? Yeah, Paul has something he wants to ask. Who take? Like, I think Mullen, without a doubt, is gone. Just because after the season, I think it's either like they come to an agreement. It's you know the the Mullen thing's over in state. I think. So who who do you guys think uh, reasonably could take over? But a follow up question: Do you think Mullen ever? Like pays or waves part of his buyout, like as a as an honorable thing. I, I have a feeling. Yeah, like I think Mullen yeah. stays around. I'm going to disagree. I'm, I'm with John. I think he just stubbornly takes his money. He's not going to fire after one bad season. They I think. Uh, well, I think that's where you're wrong. They're going to fire him after one bad season and three straight Egg Bowl losses. Absolutely. Who the hell are they going to hire? Hudspeth. And Dude, it's gonna be a Hudspeth Mullen trade straight yeah, up. He was trying to get out of Dodge last year. Dude, think about it. If they if they fire him and go with Hudspeth, they get to save like two million dollars a year, and they get to be like, "Oh, we're on the rise again. We got a young coach that's got the fire back," and they get three years of rebuild. It's it's a better deal all around for them. I, I they're, they're in a bad place right now. I disagree. I'm I'm 100 percent with John on this. I think Dan Mullen is like around for a while at Mississippi State. I think Dan Mullen's no, going to be there like ten, it, this is his last season. If you, ten, if you know anything about what's going on, parameters and let's, put, let's 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 make a bet on this. Okay. McDermott and I will do something if he if he's fired. And you, you guys, Paul, necessarily saying he's going to get fired. We're saying this is his last season in Starkville. Uh, so yeah, so, so is Dan Mullen. Exactly. So is Dan Mullen coaching game one next season? You know, hundred oh, percent. He's gonna be like I mean, coaching Rutgers in like three years. <laughs> he's not coaching Rutgers. Uh, he's actually, he's, no, Dan Mullen's coaching. Yeah, Dan Mullen's coaching Houston next year after Herman's gone to LSU. I think he's a fine <laughs> coach, but I think he's maximized what he could do at State. He's realized that. He realized that last season. He realized what the roster was going to be this year, and that's why he wanted out. I think he hit the max a couple years yeah. ago, and now he's sliding. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't hey. think I don't think the boosters really want him there anymore. They hurt. He hurt their feelings, and uh, yes. you know they're not they're not supporting hey, Mullen anymore. When it comes to betting on Dan Mullen coaching first game next season, I'll take this bet with anyone wants to take. If Dan Mullen is not coaching first game of the 2017 season, I'll take a shot of Bailey's and lime juice. It's the worst thing on the planet. Anybody, <laughs> anyone want to take that bet with me? Thank you, John. Sure, man. Take it. No, I'm on your side with this, Ryan. I'll tag team with you on the. Uh, so Caleb, you want to take the you go against us on this? That's a no. You're that scared of Bailey's and lime juice. I've had a no. I've had Bailey's and lime juice. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Way more disgusting. Yeah, things. I had a dead. Well, <laughs> that's a long story. Yeah, don't say that. Yeah. No. Okay. I was doing archaeology, right? And this um, burial had been run over with a plow, and so you're trying to take out. So you're trying to take out the bodies before they farmed on the land. Jesus. 
and uh, the plow just like hit the skull and just ground it up. So I was taking it out. I was trying not to like let it fall apart because it was really fragile. I, I'm Caleb, I tell you, I'm worried that you're telling this story in response to what's the grossest thing you've ever had to drink. But go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sneezed and I inhaled the Jesus the skull, and Jesus. so you inhale when like, you sneeze. Like, Come I feel like me. I feel like you and Dwight's cousin Moe's were out like plowing up this field and hit this skull. Like, I don't even know how this happened. That is crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, that is grosser than <laughs> Bailey's and lime juice, I would guess. All right, so I didn't care what the bet is. Whatever you said, I was watching Kilkenny get beat uh, temper, temporaries up. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Whatever you said. Well, McDermott and, McDermott and John are saying that Mullen's going to be around next season, which is very possible. But All right, well, I'll say he's not. And if I lose, I'll drink Bailey's lime juice. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm just going purely based on the sentiment. Like, really, like it's what Paul's saying. the The boosters are not happy. They're extremely fed up. And it's if, at the end of the day, it's it's their money that pays his paycheck. In addition to you know the SEC network money and the, all the money they make off tickets. But it's still it's boosters too. They go into the athletic budget and they have a say over this stuff. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. They don't want him there. The honeymoon's over. You know, why Why just kind of, you know, let this play out for the next couple of years when I don't think anything Thanks positive is going to happen for, for Mullen and the program as long as he's there. Did y'all see Elite Dogs' list of uh, coaches they thought they could get? I, I saw uh, Chip Kelly after San Francisco fires him. Or uh, No, what's really funny is that they actually think they could get Art Briles. Yeah, they were like Art Briles, Tom Herman, Chip like, Kelly. Give me a break. So, Jumping back in here, we're going to settle that bet in the Grove uh, in 2017 at the first game of the season. Guess who we're playing? South Dude. Alabama. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, if I'm in the U.S., I- I'm-, I'm-, I'm looking at a job in uh, Pago Pago again. So where Where is Pago Pago? I feel like I should maybe know that. Maybe I should. It's, uh, it's-, it's one of the Samoan Islands. Okay. Wait. Pacific. It's cool. So you're waiting. Are you going to be there recruiting? Are you, Caleb, are you going there to recruit for us? Uh, not officially. Okay. Yeah, Dude, Pago, Pago, Pago in the uh, Simone Island. Sweet, man. Suntan City by Luke Bryan on repeat. Wait, so when, you, when you're when you there, it's, you're not so much a bag man, right? You, do you give them like a, like a roast pig full of money or something? Like what's the what's the vessel if it's not a bag? No, they, they want cash. They want cash. It's all cash, but I mean, what do you put it in? Like, what's that? You can't just use a bag. I feel like is it like a hollowed out watermelon or something, or like what's the traditional bag man? I don't, I don't know. I looked up the Samoan Islands currency. You got to give them a bag full of Samoan talas. I, I believe that's the correct pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We've already spent enough time on that way. What? Okay, okay. Apologize to our Polynesian listeners. Yeah, they're mad at us now. I think it's time for LSU Wisconsin, right? We're not SB Nation. We're not social justice warriors. SJ <laughs> Nation. All right. Yes, LSU-Wisconsin. That, that was a cool game to watch. They're basically like a 65-35 crowd. They're at Lambeau. Yep. Um, for, you know, it just it is mind-blowing to me how dumb LSU's offense is. Yeah, it's stupid. Harris is not any better than he was last year. Or the year before. He wasn't any better. run Fournette. But Never is. Like Wisconsin, like oh, we're going to stop that. Were there no Jico thugs available this year at quarterback? They're too dumb. They John don't. Was Franklin, there no, John last Franklin the third was the best. Like, was there no like Chad Kelly, Cam Newton, it, Zach Mettenberger? It doesn't matter, Caleb, because like 
Les doesn't think there's a problem with his offense. <laughs> like, he literally said at the halftime interview they threw the ball okay. They completed three passes. Like, if I'm... <laughs> It's just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you think Les was high? Is he eating grass? I or think he was grass? Whatever they shoot, whatever think. Texas shoots Bebo up with and sedates so that's what they do with Les because he looked like half a He didn't look like he gave a like half a damn. I was under the impression that when they let him come back, that the mandate was, you know, fire Cam Cameron, do yeah. something with your offense. And he he, like and he, he did not. Producers, he, yeah. It's the exact same thing, and it's, it's puzzling. How can you be that Very stubborn weird. when your job's on the line? We were talking last night about how great of a job it is, talking about like if Herman goes there or something. Really, like basically the only way to mess that job up is to run an I formation for ten years straight and do nothing with your talent. Like it is so dumb what he does with that team. So here's here's the question to me: Is LSU knows they have to fire him? They have the whole season to prepare this time. Right? Do they actually pull it off, or do they screw it up? I think it. they get Herman. I think they pull it off and get Herman. I agree. And hey, that, if uh, if Kelly got fired immediately, which could happen, because just NFL's just bad shit these days. Oh, Chip Kelly. No, I'm, I'm yeah. So if, if Chip Kelly was at LSU, and and forget how shitty he was as a pro coach. Think about when he was at Oregon. No, he, no, he. If yeah, he ran he really like that Oregon coach. system, but with instead of like little five ten, you know the you know, receivers. If he had like these big LSU receivers, like mm-hmm. yeah. Malachi Dupree, Dwayne Bow, Adolph Beckham, if he had those guys in his system and a big SEC D line. System would scare me with their talent at LSU for sure. I, like, I think it's important to talk about both of the touchdowns that LSU had uh, yes. in the third quarter. One was a pick six. And then the other was a fumble recovery that pretty much immediately set up the touchdown. Yeah. I mean, and that wasn't even like a, like a good pick six. Wisconsin just gave them seven points. But I mean, yeah. that, that can't be your playbook all season. Like, fumble I recovery think that is Les's playbook. I think Les's playbook has that written in it. Like, pick six, fumble recovery, punt. What's crazy is like all these guys <laughs> finally came back for LSU this season. You know, they've they've had all right, these. Right. All these guys are buying in. We're going to come and win a national championship. And you could go up and down that roster. That roster is going to be – there's going to be so many guys in the NFL, and it's an absolute waste. It's just crazy. Here's the one area I think they're weaker at than they've slipped. I don't think they're as good defensive line-wise. You can can run right at them and get to them. Yeah, they have some good guys. They have skill position guys. They they can't stop the run against Alabama these days. They have some good guys, but I tend to agree with you. Who are, their, who are their big D-line guys besides Godshow? Arden Key. Arden Key, right? But he's more of a, a pass rusher. He's, yeah, he's, he's like a defensive yeah. end. Pass rusher. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, he's, their saying, eyes, he's like their eyes are gross. Yeah. Shit, huh. Well, you're talking about transfer quarterbacks. It's kind of funny. There was one really big one that I'm sure a lot of LSU, Auburn, yeah. Mississippi State would have loved to, loved to get that. Dakota, I forgot how you say his last name, Prukop or something? For Oregon, really showed out last night. No, Alabama went after him. Auburn did to some. Oh yeah, night. yeah. Trevor Knight too. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor Knight, Knight looked good LSU last night too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think LSU would be a lot better even if they just they just had like a okay quarterback like Trevor Knight. But Kenny Trill didn't have a great opener, huh? TCU kind of struggled with North Dakota State or uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he was starting for them. Oh my yeah, god, TCU started. Yeah, well, no wonder they almost lost to South Dakota or whoever. Yeah, I know, right? Arkansas game. I have no idea what's going to happen next week. Uh, wait, what's next week? Who do they play? 
TCU and Arkansas play at four. Ooh, wow, yeah, that's, that's, that's that's kind of like a, like a shortest midget contest this season. I feel like it's like who's who's replacing the least. We're both replacing a lot. I, I have no theory on what happens in that game, McDermott. You're the betting expert. You can come up with one for us. But. When it involves TCU, it's a long story. We're not going to talk about it here. Oh. I'm taking I'm taking whoever they're playing money line spread everything I can put on them. I always bet against like, TCU. Like all good bettors, Ryan purely bets on emotion. Hey, you know what? I'm up $771 to date through the weekend right now. It's, good weekend that's for a, my picks. That's, that's, like a, that's like a state fan being like, uh, if you only look at the last 25 years, we're 14 and 15 against Ole Miss. It's like, wait, why not the last 30? Why not the last 40? Why just this weekend? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with Ryan. Ryan is the best gambler I know. Everywhere he's gotten in life, it's from gambling. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's calculated gambling. Calculating gambling. It's not gambling. It it's not gambling. You know you're gonna win. Okay. It's like Christopher that's Columbus thinking he can make a, it to that's the. That's a great point. Christopher Columbus <laughs> took a gamble, made it all the way yeah, to the game. new world on one tank of gas. <laughs> great, great points. Great points being made. Um, I really don't even want to talk about that La Tech Arkansas game. Arkansas has a lot to figure out. I think the TCU game was going to be that was a, a good test for them. The spread was the spread was twenty one points in that game. It's really, easy really bet. easy bet. Everybody easy took bet everybody LaTeX, took La Tech. Um, let's, Wait, let's, did, did anybody in the SEC look even decent besides like Alabama looked good? Yeah, Georgia. Chubb is yeah. back. And, okay. Second half. I can't Georgia remember. has two yeah. decent quarterbacks. Like you never enjoyed this weekend. Bad. The ghost of William Tecumseh Sherman. Watching the Southeast just burn Florida, itself down. Florida did not look good. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, so that's more bad news for a state, right? If UMass is, like, any good at all, that's <laughs> tough. That's a tough game at Gillette Stadium. I told John he's going to be up here. He should, he should go to that game. Go to that game. Oh, they can yeah, get it for free to get UMass five game. Bucks, yeah. <laughs> but, Wait, John, do you think anybody will show up thinking they're going to a Pats game and be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> You're saying they know when the game is. Hey, I think University of uh, Massachusetts, though, they have a pretty sweet mascot, Sam the Minuteman. Yeah, that's it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I, mean, no, I, like I like mascots that are designed like to murder humans. <laughs> like, it's, like like alligators, that's a great mascot. I mean, you know, the Ole Miss black bear, pretty docile. We yeah. actually use nah, it on a ton of people. Uh, black bear, not a lot scary. of not a lot of black bear human interaction. Now, grizzly bears, that's the bear that's eating people. And <laughs> I'm an expert on uh, black bear human interaction. <laughs> McDermott, I want to do a joint fund into buying a live bear mascot for the team. Dude, I, have this, I have said this since day one. When they were when we were all in school and they were doing the mascot vote, and you know you could get on your little olmiss.edu and you could vote for the mascot. I actually picked the black bear Me for too. one reason. You know, I liked the land shark idea, but you can't buy a land shark. Like, why yep. in the hell do we not have a black bear at this point? We spend so much money on so much other stuff at Ole Miss. Like, like I'll throw a hundred bucks in. I'm sure we can find like enough NCAA alumni. lawyers. <laughs> we can find enough alumni to throw a hundred dollars in that we can get a freaking black bear enclosure, set it up over by the Grove stage. Like, let's make it a thing. They'll bring them oh, out, yeah, put them on a leash. Like Arkansas a has a pig. LSU has Mike. Yeah. I, think, I, I think we're about to be in a part where if we were going to spend money on an enclosure, we could do it now. You, I mean, we're a good place for the you, stadium. Just built a pavilion. Baseball's up to date. Have, have you ever been to the enclosure for Mike the Tiger at LSU? Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been to the one it's, at Baylor, it's too. It's pretty cool. Bear. Okay, so here's a counterpoint. I also voted for the bear the exact same reason. I wanted a live bear. But what if 
you know what, six big home games a year on average. Maybe you get seven some years. First of all, bring back the jet flyovers. I miss those big time. But what if you had a big, big cargo plane come through right before kickoff, crowds all hype. It just like dropped like a shark on the field, just like thrashed around. <laughs> like, ah, ah, ah. It's just like land sharks going crazy. And we're all just like hyped okay, as okay. shit. And then the shark dies on the field, and then we like it's like the hey. FSU thing where we stab okay. it. We do okay. that. <laughs> if we're talking about that, okay. Imagine you walk into the pavilion last year, and you know you've seen the pictures on social media. Dude, but if there was the a shark first take, day, in a the shark take, like a third, Dude, like a that third, would be so like sick. there's the big glass running down like a third of one of the sidelines, and it's like 15 feet tall or so, and you can see in it, and there's a shark, and like every time the rebels, you know, throw a layup, they drop a fish in, and he like eats it. No, that would be sweet. A shark or, take what in if, the pavilion. Yeah, what if play. we get the shark right, and we do it just like you said? Yeah. But if we lose the game, we kill the shark because he's bad luck. And we sell like you can eat the shark, and we no, sell that good. like I the like, that. My only thing like is, the like, fantasy quarterback club. Whatever, get a new one. Well, if you're talking about so ones that shark. are good to eat, hey. though, I, I'd vote a horse. You know, horse is a fine meal. Uh, shark, a little tough. Where shark lady? I'm just saying, if if we're the land sharks, we I literally want sharks thrashing around on land. That's the only way. Until we genetically the, engineer a shark with legs and, and lungs that'll run around. I think the yeah. land shark like never had an. Like, the students loved it. I even have a T-shirt somewhere they were selling that's the, that's the oldest land shark. The fact that there was a land shark beer, I think, just killed it dead in the water with the administration. Well, I don't think it ever had a. Real I chance. also, I, I think at least for me at the time, I wasn't going to vote for land shark because we were bad on defense. Like it's just it's hard to buy into the whole land sharks thing when you're not a good defensive team. It's easier now. I'm more pro land shark now than I was. What was this five years ago? Hey, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about land sharks, I do feel like I need to give a shout out real quick All to right. the uh, that rebel bear shark. This hats. Yeah, they made it pretty big. They're in Tupelo, Oxford, Memphis. Um, their yeah, website is launching, and uh, my paintings are going to be featured on their website. Oh, nice. So, uh, Hell yeah. Shout out to Rebel Bear Art. Do you know the URL? Check it out. No, the website's not done yet. So Okay. Well, when you, we'll, share it, we'll share it when it's out. I don't know on Twitter. We mentioned UMass Florida. Um, Georgia, like we said, Nick Chubb seems to be back in good health. I, I thought that Georgia looked pretty good overall. I thought they did too. I, I thought Georgia was the most interesting and fun game to watch yesterday. It was a really, it was a no, really. I, I think Houston Oklahoma was the craziest, most fun I, game yesterday. I, I like the the Georgia UNC was a good game. Fourth quarter and overtime of UCLA and M got interesting too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't catch too much of that game, but it looked like that was a good one, too. Who, who we didn't catch hardly any of Houston, Oklahoma. I saw the kick return. Watching big that game was cool. is always fun. Kick return was cool. They, they were just some crazy big plays. Like they, they, Both teams were just breaking big plays in that one. It was good stuff. Um, Southern Miss gets the first one of the Jay Hobson era, upsets Tennessee. Uh, at or Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky at Kentucky. So that's I mean that's a pretty big win for Southern Miss, a team that was what two and ten two years ago. Yeah. Hey, there's there's a coach that could be coaching in Starkville next season. That's interesting. No, seriously. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I, he's an old he has an Ole Miss background, so that that might be kind of you know something there. Yeah, they've hired Ole Miss people before. Right. Take him, coach from the Bears. Hey, no, you. I, I I'd like that. I could see like it if they got a catch with Ole Miss background and he, like they just like chilled the fuck out on the whole rivalry thing for a little bit. Their fans wouldn't do it though. Eggball's just like toxic, man. Stake you, Nick Mullen. They have a nice little quarterback there. You know, that's Southern. He's, yeah, he's pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Um, so let's talk about 
the two night games. Um, first of all, after a pretty slow start, like 22 scoreless minutes or something, Alabama proceeded to score 52 points uh, very rapidly on USC. Uh, the Tide looked pretty good. What did y'all take away from that? I mean, also, how bad is USC is the question. I don't think USC's terrible. I don't think they're good. They're an 8-4 team in the Pac-12, so they're, they're mad. not great. I eight, thought eight so, the so Pac-12, 6-6 six six in the SEC. What? So, Justin, we had uh, we had asked the question. Or that we, we neither one of us really thought Bo Scarborough was going to be the answer. Yeah, they're running back, and who? What's that guy's name? Damian. Da- Damian uh, Harris. Damian Harris. Harris. Yeah, Harris, yeah I think not Damian. He's Damian good. He looks good. He's good. He looks good. Jalen Hurts gives him athleticism. The key, though, the, Ole Miss is going to need to leverage the fact that it's his first road start. And Wait, so, were y'all watching that the game like that. with commentary on? Could you hear like the Herb Street and Fowler? We we watched a little bit of they it. They were basically it was just really funny to hear how they were talking about Hertz like like they were freaking out because he was sitting in the middle of the sideline meeting, like surrounded by offensive line. He's like, What a leader. Oh my god, this is what Alabama's been missing. Like a young stud in the locker room and the <laughs> I ignored the media. The media put Chad Kelly and Josh Dobbs in the same yeah. sentence. It's just silly. Like they they'll go on any limb to be like that Saban's definitely doing it this year. Like, oh, watch out. Like, these last three first-year quarterbacks, they all won the national championship with Saban. I mean, I'm not saying Hurts isn't good. I'm just saying there's always growing pains with a true freshman quarterback. I think it'll be okay after you guys lose this hurling match because this is over. Uh, it'll be all right. I mean, Kilkenny won the last two years. It's okay if Tipperary wins one, keeps yeah. the rivalry alive. We'll be yeah, back next year. You know, talking about the Alabama win – I was kind of worried at kickoff. I actually took Alabama in the in the point spread. It, uh, they were favored by thirteen and a half. In the first first few minutes of that game, I was like, "Man, I'm kind of worried about this." And I kind of coupled that with uh, Alabama. I wanted them to do really well because we're playing them in a few weeks, and you know, I want them to be really well coming into our game. So, you know, they kind of sea biscuited uh, USC. Sea biscuiting is the term I use. If you remember the 2003 uh, nominated for 70 Academy Awards movie. 70. Uh, seven. It was seven. 70. If you remember in the final race, Seabiscuit, they tell Toby Maguire to let him see the other horse win for like a half second, and then he just just, just turns on full turbo. Um, that's kind of what Alabama did to USC. They kind of let him like taste it for a second and then got crazy. I actually ended up taking... Well, I think USC definitely tasted I took it a, by the end of that game. I took, a, I took a live line when USC was down by about it was like 28 points or something, and I took a live line plus 32 and a half USC. That, that did not hit, so I ended up not winning any money on the game. But, yeah, that, that, that um, line went to shit pretty quick there. Right as soon as Ryan made that bet, like I don't remember what happened, but I think Alabama like straps like strip sack or something. You're just like, wait, this is this is the guy that just bet on? Why did I do this? Yeah, USC. I don't know. Maybe they're not bad, but Alabama really made them look bad last night. I mean, are are you guys more? I'm definitely am I'm more worried about the game in Oxford now. Well, here's what worries me: is that even though most of the West looked really bad. Um, besides Alabama looking great, most of the D lines looked like they had a good pass rush. Alabama's pass rush is scary. Yeah. AM's is scary. Rod Taylor is our left tackle. That terrifies me. Now, it's now, a, you can say, oh, no, that. no, you can say, like, oh, they're talking up Rod Taylor now, like he's going to be better. But I've even if he plays to his full potential, he's only 6'3 listed. He's not long enough to be an ideal tackle. He's got short number arms. one. Number two, um, 
he's dumb. He spills charcoal. Uh, he's better than Justin Bell. Um, oh, oh, uh, Evan Ingram, like, all the out. the coaches had to, like, put a sign outside the weight room saying, don't ask us about Rod Taylor. <laughs> Lazy. Wait, uh, did they? Did they have to do that? Yeah, that's what, that's what John told me. Wow, that's a, uh, that's so, a like, motivational So, like, Rod Taylor, move. that scares me. The fact that he beat out Alex Gibbons and that Alex Gibbons couldn't I beat agree. Out. That worries me big time. I have a counterpoint, though, so. Gibbons isn't ready to play is what that tells me, that Gibbons is, is a no-go. Oh. And so I was like, maybe Greg Little's going to Laramie Tunslet, and I watched the little opening clip of the season, and yeah. they should have edited this out because this this was scary. Um, Victor Evans, who looks like a twig still, just like completely just mauled this guy, just trucked him, ran right over him, like without even like staggering or tripping himself, like just ran over him like he was just walking. And I'm like, man, that guy got dominated. Who is that? Some walk on. And yeah. it was Greg Little. And I was like, no, no, no. So I'm terrified that our, our, our line is going to... Well, you got to make mistakes to, to learn from them. you got to correct your mistakes. But I, I, my, my counterpoint to that about Rod Taylor is Alabama specifically, um, their pass rush, it's not really a speed rush. It's more of a power rush, right? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say... I mean... They probably got more speed rush this year than they've had. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, still, uh, people he, look at Rod how Taylor... big their rush linebackers are when they do the three-four front, and they're like, "Oh, they're just like big, powerful yeah. guys." But they're still a linebacker rushing, not a defensive end. So but I think they're like Rod Taylor going to have to five spots on, like a Marquise Haynes or anything in game three. He's got to. I don't know. I think they picked Taylor because they like the early season matchups with him more. I expect we'll see little by the end of the year. I See, I think, I think they're desperate. Yes. And here's a question I have is that we obsessively went after grad transfers and, and, and like Juco guys and like everything like that, like last ditch effort at middle linebacker and D-line. I'm starting to think we made a mistake not going after a grad transfer at tackle or just but like obsessively trying really to get There really aren't any, are there? I don't think there were really any grad transfer tackles, were there? Uh, that's not something you, know, I, you can rely on. Look it up. I, I no, I mean just like this year. I think you know Chad Kelly. We got to go all in. I don't know. I think there's just we could have done I just, I, I'm with you. I, I just don't think the coaches like turned down any great grad transfer tackles. You know, I mean, they turned them down. But like you can, when someone announces they're gonna transfer, you can recruit them. I was looking at the NFL.com had a list of like grad transfers are gonna make a big impact. I think I saw some alignment. On there, I'll have to pull it back up. Well, back to the Alabama thing, and I think Alabama's going to be great. I mean, I think they're going to be what they were last year, you know, around that. Or better. Yeah, or better. But the thing is, okay, with USC, first-year coach, Clay Helton, you know, who knows what he is, first-year starting quarterback, well, they Max also, Brown. They, they held up for so long right. that it's kind of like when the levy breaks, it's it's it just keeps coming, you know? I, I feel for him. I mean, like I said, I think Alabama's going to be great, but, like, you know, I, I think a team like Ole Miss, you know, experience we've been we've been at it before. You know, is much more uh, much more fitted to to you know play a, a sixty minute game against Alabama than a USC team that is just kind of like you know full of rookies. I they guess were more say. interested in like just being all hyped up and crotch uh, crotch stopping and 
USC didn't actually want to play football. They just wanted to, I don't know, have a bunch of energy, basically. <laughs> you sound like a like an old man on his porch, like, stop <laughs> dancing after the touchdown and get lined up for kickoff. Damn. I'm saying they, I'm saying they weren't focused on the. They, they didn't know how to approach that game from a mental standpoint whatsoever. No, you're totally. They were right. completely overwhelmed. And so uh, Ole Miss won't necessarily have that problem. It, they'll approach the game the same way they did the last two years. It's a home game, but still, it's going to be pretty. I tough. think it's. I think you know. <clears throat> I think it's going to be a huge turnout for the game. Obviously, Rebel fans are going to come out in droves. I think a lot of Alabama fans, even more than than two years ago when we played in in Oxford, are going to come. I think it's going to be. I think they're going to try. It's going to be a pretty tough ticket, though. I think it's going to be pretty tough to get those tickets away from Ole Miss fans. Uh, that, that's true, John. You're, you're coming down for the Alabama game, correct? Yes. So I mean, I think I think actually all five of us are going to be be in the Grove kicking it that day. Oh yeah, yeah. It's going down. So let's let's shift our focus. Um, if you guys, do you guys want to talk about Clemson Auburn at all? Or, uh, I mean, we kind of have touched on it a little bit. It, Clemson won, Vegas made money. That's pretty much the end of it. Auburn has a good defense. We'll give them that. Um, but let's, let's shift now, um, to the, the game that actually matters. The, the only game of the day tomorrow. Um, Ole Miss still sitting at, mm, mm, uh, plus four and a half. Somewhere in there, um, the money is on FSU big time now. Let's see, it says on the spread they got seventy three percent of public bets on FSU. Um, uh, I'm fine with that. I, I like line the public. shifted to five, back to five. Uh, it just depends where you got it, I guess. Um, this spread doesn't have that on here, but I believe probably it. watching the SEC yesterday would lead yeah. to that. Reaction. I don't know. Absolutely, uh, but I mean, let's talk about FSU's injuries. Me and Paul were talking about this last night. They got a lot of they got a lot of question marks um, coming out of camp. Concussion symptoms, people banged up. I don't know. It's they definitely had an unlucky camp. It sounds. Their left guards out. I think that's a big deal for an Ole Miss defensive line that I think can take advantage. You of got that. a DB out. Got a wide receiver out. Um, I, I'm not ready to totally discount the fact that Cook's coming back from injury last season, but we'll see. And uh, the uh, and Derwin, Derwin James, James yeah. and star safety. So we'll see. Obviously, oh, interesting news, though. Um, this might all be Jimbo trying to, like, you know, confuse freeze or whatever, make us prepare for more quarterbacks. But he claims that Sean McGuire will be available and will play um, after just having surgery, what, two or three weeks ago. Um, but like I, I really don't think that changes much for Ole Miss. You, you're going to prepare the same way to get after the quarterback either way. Like if it's McGuire, maybe a little bit better passing, but he's going to be less mobile, especially coming off an injury. I think Ole Miss is happy with Francois or McGuire. It's the same. I mean, um, they're too worried about either. I guess you could say. Right. I think that's the biggest X factor in the game. You could talk about you know Ole Miss's young safeties or Ole Miss's left tackle position, but I think the game really comes down to what DeAndre Francois is. I think he's probably pretty talented, but, you know, when the lights come on, is he Jeremy Johnson or is he going to be, you know, in the same realm as uh, Jameis Winston or something like that? But I think that's the biggest X factor. You know, he could come out and and choke or he could come out and throw, you know, three touchdowns and and really, you know, know, compliment, uh, compliment, uh, damn, going, the running back. Dalvin Cook. Cook. Dalvin Cook, I'm sorry, guys. Very good. Yeah, I, I really think that is what decides the game is, is DeAndre Francois and what, what he looks like. Yeah, no doubt. All right, thoughts from thoughts from uh, from New Hampshire. What you got? Uh, like real quick, um, it, I, I ranked 
with all like the the players that graduated and left and whatever that we would miss the most. And I realized that like after I ranked them out, it's not like just what you'd like just assume I would rank it. So I want to get through these real quick. All right. Number one, Tunsil. Obviously. Number two, I'm going to say Fawn Cooper, just because I believe the O line is the biggest problem. And that's a that's a product of recruiting. Basically, what you're saying is we've recruited so much depth at wide receiver that that hurts more than Treadwell. Yeah, yeah. Treadwell is obviously the better player than Fawn Cooper, but you know, I mean, everybody's saying our receivers are great. Strength is going to be great. I mean, and I mean, you got so many four and five stars at receiver. You got to think, okay, but what are we returning at the O line? And Fawn Cooper was a decent left tackle. He's a great right tackle. I think we miss him. Uh, yeah, number- I, I like Rawlings at right tackle, but I think you're right, especially just for depth. I mean, we're really thin at tackle. Yeah, number three, I have Trey. Once again, he's nowhere near as good as Treadwell, but, but we just don't have him. a sure. lot of experience back there. Just to, just to have the experience, just one guy that knows what's going on. And so four is Hilton. Five, I have Treadwell tied with Channing Ward. And let me explain why. Treadwell because he's incredible first-round draft pick, incredible player. Channing Ward was a good player his senior year. He was a good player he overall. On the yeah. D-line, he played really well at the end of the year against uh, roster. State. And, um, yeah, he made an NFL roster. And here's, here's the biggest thing. He would be – we would feel so much better if we had him and um, – Young blood rotating with Fidal out, we'd be like that's fine. Sure. And number two, Channing Ward is the best special teams was the best special teams player in college football that was not a returner. Channing Ward caused so many fumbles and had so many tackles on special teams. Yeah, like he's he a special teams monster. Like he was incredible in special teams. So I think I think we really miss him. Um, number six is Collins Moore. <laughs> I think, I mean, okay. first time, the first time Carlos Davis muffs a fucking punt. You can be like, Caleb was right. We, t- table was right. We really miss, we really miss Collins more. Because, you know, we're just, if Carlos Davis returns punts, he's going to muff one. And I'm just going to lose my shit. You know, I hope he's a good corner. And John, John, what was that? Was that thing he does now that you like so much that the, the, the corners do? Carlos Davis was talking about? Oh, Jack Boys. Yeah, John loves the Jack Boys. You love the Jack Boys. He loves the Jack Boys. But uh, I think I like we miss the young savages. I think we miss Collinsmore's steady hands. I think that the coaches should have said, listen, Alex Weber, we gave you a scholarship just to get Laramie Tunsil. He's got us in trouble. So you're on thin fucking ice, buddy. You better get back there, get your 160 pound ass back there, and learn how to fair <laughs> catch no. ball. And no, so let's, let's not forget that John. John. Uh, John used to think that Zedrick Woods was dead weight too, and that Alex Jones deal. <laughs> but I think he's going to be pretty good. That's good. And then number seven, Rob. And it's not because of like all Rob's issues and whatever. It's just because of this. When you look at who's playing instead of Rob now, Breland Speaks, DJ Jones, Gross, I would argue that all three of them are better college, not better pro potential, better college football players than Rob. And I say this because people talk about, well, Rob took up the double team. Rob took the triple team. If you look at Isaac Gross' stats when he had no one playing on the line with him, except for CJ was pretty good, 
and there's no one to take on the double team for him, he still had 10 tackles for loss as a freshman. Yeah. Okay? And he's just gotten better. But, you like, look, when, as a freshman, don't. how much of that is, like, element of surprise? Like, no one was really paying attention to him or scheming for him or anything. I mean, also. the first game of the season, and you're watching a little bit of, yeah, you're not hey, planning for you're like, else. hey, who's this guy that's got 10 tackles for loss, yeah. this 140 pounds? How does he not jump out on tape if you're a good team watching film? Now, and, and, and he kept doing it every year. You know, he, he always has a lot of tackles for loss every year he plays. I bring up his freshman year because he didn't have anybody else on the line with him that was taking on the double and triple teams. Yeah, I follow, now, I follow you there. You don't like those stats, like tackles for loss and stuff. You're like, what matters is like advanced stats, like what teams have, like rushing and passing, like when you are on the field of that position. Pro Football Focus says that DJ Jones was one of the best players on the team and that he's one of the best run stuffers in the SEC. Yeah, I believe it. And then um, Breland just played balls out at the end of the year. I mean, you look at him in the, in the Sugar Bowl. He's just he's mean. He's, he's hitting to the last second. I think Breland, DJ, Isaac Grace, I don't think we miss Rob. And I think Rob's a better pro player than um, at least a couple of those guys. But yeah, I think, I think, that, I think your first team players. is really good. Oh. I question the depth there. Yeah. I think, I think the thing about Breland that – that really makes me happy. I, I, Rob, you know, when he was, when Rob was on, I mean, you look at Alabama, you know, that was a game where he, it looked like he turned things on the whole game. When he, when he was on, he was on, but he, didn't play, he didn't play all, you know, he, he was off. So he disappeared during the Arkansas game. I think with Breland, you're going to get when he's in there, you know, hundred percent effort. And I think that's I a good agree. thing. A little, it'll lead to a little more consistency on the D line. I agree. And I don't know if it was effort or if it was just like lapses in technique, but there's no reason Rob had, just no stats against, like, Arkansas. You got eight cool. up. I would say, game. like, the non-SEC teams we played, where yeah. he still played a whole half of football, and that he can just dominate yeah, his, Alabama. His, his, that makes no sense. Well, at the same time, like, teams like Arkansas and your non-conference opponents, they're going to go quick passes in the flats. Like, they're going to try to not hold the ball, whereas Alabama and LSU, they're like, we're not changing our game plan for Ole Miss. And Rob, Rob gets. I mean, stats. Arkansas was a running team. They were in that game. They were they were not running on us in that game. They, Brandon Harris was throwing, or not Brandon Harris. Brandon Allen was throwing all over us in that game. No. Here, here, here's my here's my thought: is the money going to Florida State and the line moving? Everybody's going. Oh, the SEC is bad. It's a weekend of upsets, man. That's good for Ole Miss. It's well, three and five in the in the country lost yesterday. We'll see what happens to number four. The other thing too is all these other SEC teams. There's only one SEC team with a quarterback, and it's Ole Miss. Like that's the thing. Everybody's like, Jaylen "Oh, Hurts. yeah, Jalen Hurts is the rest the best, of the, man. Rest of the and Jalen Hurts is probably he. It's probably it's Chad, and then Trevor Knight slash Jalen Hurts, and then Dobbs is probably right. four. Like that's literally how bad the league is. John, let me ask that's you guys, top half of the league actually. You just don't have defense around him. John, let me uh, ask yeah, you. There's another SEC team that played. We didn't talk about. Forget their SEC. Missouri. Missouri got their ass beat by West Virginia. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Who cares? Um, you know something about Missouri, about Mizzou? All right. Oh, so there's plenty of reasons to hate Mizzou, whether it's that professor and that whole freedom of speech. That, well, like, whatever it is you hate about Mizzou, there's plenty of things to hate. Okay. They've been doing animal testing. And regardless of how you feel about animal testing, they were testing on dogs and not just any dogs, they were blinding and killing beagles. Yeah, the cutest that. fucking Ooh. dogs there are. Debatable. Debatable, but okay. Okay, I mean, 
I mean, why would you choose beagles? Why would you kill beagles? I, I don't know. Because they howl so much, they deserve it. Dude, Mizzou's just. <laughs> you know, if you had to say cutest dog ever, cutest dog ever, Caleb, in no particular order, uh, German Shepherd, Chocolate Lab, Golden Retriever. Uh, we can go back to that Mizzou thing now. But John, I have a question for you. This total, total different sidestep here, John. Back to Ole Miss for a second. Uh, up north, outside of Dixie, how much do you hear people talking about Chad Kelly? Obviously, in a saturated market down here south, people talking about him a lot. I, I hear a lot of people from different schools that are fans of, uh, you know wherever they're a fan of, talking about Chad Kelly. He seems to be a popular quarterback this season. I played golf two weeks ago. I was checking in. I was wearing an Ole Miss polo. And the and the guy, of course, up here, up here after you realize, here's the sequence of conversations when Ole Miss comes up around here. Because nobody actually watches college football. It's, it's oh, and he goes, oh, that's where Eli Manning went to school. Everybody hates Eli Manning because he beat the Pats in the Super Bowl twice. But then I get to, yeah, I understand, but I start playing the narrative that, look, we're the college team that everybody hates because we started winning too much. It's exactly what happened with the Patriots when Kraft bought the team and whatnot. So everybody's like, oh, you're the Patriots college. Because if you just give any narrative that, yeah, we're, we hate, like, we us hating the NCAA is like Pats fans hating Goodell in the NFL. And they just want any reason just to be like us against the world. And once you give them that little blip, like, they're on board. But anyway, so the guy, so I'm checking in, I'm paying my green fee, and the guy's like, "Yeah," he goes, "He goes, what about what happened to the guy with the bong mask and draft?" And I was like, "I go, I was like, he's too dumb to be successful." Was my comment back? Saying as you know, my opinion of Tunsil. So anyway, but he goes, he goes, "What about that quarterback, you guys?" He goes, Jack "Kelly." He goes, "I like that Chad Kelly." The point is, is people people look at Chad as like, yeah, he's a guy that can go and really be something. The, the media is like, oh, he's got to quit making mistakes. It's like, it's like, did you guys watch the last month of last season? When, when Now, the, here's the interesting correlation we got to filter out. Warner took over play calling the same time Tunsil came back. Did the offense get better because Tunsil was in the game or because Warner was calling plays or a combination of both? I say combo. Yeah, combo, for sure. It's a combo, but... I mean, I think everybody's like, oh, he stuck tons on the game that changed it. I, Warner had a big part of that, too. I, I mean, it, it's a combination, but that's that's something to me to be interesting to watch and how it unfolds. But, I mean, we have a top three or four quarterback in the country. We have a guy that is clear, and then experience-wise, over. I mean, we're watching one game this week, and it's the week one. Week one's always going to look silly and ugly. Week to week, I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Chad, assuming we have a left tackle. That's the big. That's the two questions to me tomorrow night are: Can we play a competent left tackle to let Chad do his thing? And then is Tony Connor going to go be 95 percent of Tony Connor and help solidify the defense and keep and contain Dalvin Cook? If they do those things, they have a great chance to re- make a lot of noise yeah. in September. Let me say, that's the bottom line. Let me say one thing in support of Ole Miss having a great season and being a contender and kind of feeding off what you said, John. We can go into every single game this year knowing that we have a decided advantage at quarterback. Yeah. That is crazy. Just think back to, you know, the year we had with Eli Manning when he was a senior and we nearly won the SEC uh, West, you know, went on there. Oh, you can ride a guy like that. You know, you can go in and be confident in every single game with a quarterback like Chad Kelly. Because you know 
He has the experience. He has the talent. You know, he can put up the numbers. He can attack a defense. The and sequence of events in the game will not rattle him. If they fall right. down seventeen to three, that doesn't mean oh crap, they're screwed. They just, I mean, they have a guy that can bring him back. That's the, you know. I just got my I just got my swag for Heisman bumper sticker in the mail and put it on my golf cart. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better about it than the Sneed for Heisman sticker that's stuck in the closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I do feel better about swag for Heisman than Sneed for Heisman. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, all right, hey, so uh, what's up? Anybody watch any of the? Uh, uh, did y'all see the fucking? <laughs> Kansas beat an FCS team that and was one in ten last year, and they the rushed field. the ball. <laughs> I heard about that. No, that's hilarious. That's pretty funny. Hey, good for Kansas, though, man. You gotta enjoy the little victories. I, I used to live with a guy that went to the University of Kansas, and every time I ever brought up the University of Kansas football team, he would respond with a single statement, and this is what he would say: "How many BCS bowls did Ole Miss win?" That's all he ever said to me. Anytime I ever brought up anything Kansas football, he'd say, "How many BCS bowls did Ole Miss win?" They won that Orange Bowl that year with Mangino. Oh god! So we're tied with them now. Well, we weren't at the time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, whatever. It really, really doesn't matter. Um, so you know, we got any final thoughts from uh, New Hampshire boys? I got, I got, I got three thoughts. Tell us about breakfast. All right. First of all. So, John's been telling me about how breakfast is so good up here. And I'm like, what? You don't have grits? Like, we're from Mississippi. We do a couple things right. One is breakfast. And so, I'm just, I'm not buying it. And then he takes me to a place called, what was it? The, the Friendly Toast. The Friendly Toast. Or a diner? And, and they have a special. And I'm like, I'm just going to get the special. Yeah. And it was Eggs Benedict with uh, lobster, asparagus, goat cheese, Leaks, a oh, thousand other things. Like. Yeah, like a spicy hollandaise. Oh, yeah. And so it comes out, and I was expecting, like, you know, usually when you get something, it's like, oh, it's got some lobster or some crab in it. Like, it's like a little bit. There was more lobster than eggs in there. See, here's the parallel. Was, when you get pulled pork outside of, like, the south, they give you the little strainy stuff that's terrible. Where in Memphis, you get the big chunks that are juicy and meat. Yeah. It's the same thing with crab up here. You get like real crab that's and like lobster. And lob- yeah, lobster. Really, I had like a lobster. whole fucking lobster in this eggs Benedict. Wow. And then like the toast comes out, and and can you look up the name of the toast for it? It's like a special kind of New England toast made with uh, it's homemade bread. It's it's bread made with molasses instead of sugar, and it was like thick cut, so it was like the slice of four pieces of bread. It was so good. And I was like, I was my mind was blown. I was enjoying breakfast more. Was it? Was it breakfast or was it brunch? What time did you go? Brunch. Yeah, brunch is an Olympic sport in the Northeast. Brunch. I mean, Justin, I think Justin's had it, John's had it. The other two yeah, people okay. it's El, it, This place is El Camion good. Okay, really. If you if you guys don't know about this, if you're ever in New York, El Camion, Avenue A, 13th Street, get the Huevos Diablos, trust us. Man. All right, so, second thought. Um, this, is, this is actually not about... New Hampshire, but I just realized uh, I need to give a shout out to someone real quick. Do it to uh, to Jared Duke. He's the first. Oh yeah, he's the first uh, former starting uh, Ole Miss football player to uh, hang up a table cobbleson original in his house. He gave you a tweet. He said it's wonderful. I love that. That was a good one. <laughs> That's that was awesome. a good one too. Yeah, yeah. I was proud of that one. And then my third thought. This one is back back to the Northeast. Back to being up here. Is that where we're going today? 
Portland. Yeah, yeah we're going to uh, Portland, Maine, oh, wow. yep. home of longtime listener Anna Kendrick. So Long shout out to her. <laughs> yeah. Portland, Maine's nice. Yeah, what are y'all going to do? That sounds fun. It's 75 and sunny without a cloud in the sky today. Like, we're just going to go hang out. We're bringing cigars. We're going to Allagash to get free beer. Yeah. And then we're going to go to Eventide Oyster get a lobster roll. Allagash, lobster. Allagash is a great brewery. That is true. It really is. All right, y'all taking the train? How you getting there? You driving? 50-minute drive. Nice. Not bad at That's, all. That'll be fun. Well, sick. Well, we won't keep I you gotta, too much longer on here. Well, Ryan wants to. Ryan I have, has, has I have, some stuff to say. I have, I have one question. Um, yeah. And I'd like everyone to take their pick here. Who do you guys think is the most famous person they're going to they're gonna pan the camera on at the Ole Miss-Florida State Ooh, game? Jameis. Jim Kelly. No, it's Jameis. I think Jameis. Jim, well, Kelly, Jim Kelly or Jameis. They'll pan both of them. Jim Kelly's going to be there for show. For Jim sure. Kelly is more important than Jameis. Yeah. Who's the most famous pass character? Jameis is like a current celebrity. Florida State alumni, though. I don't know. Don't they have some some like actors or musicians or some bullshit? Probably. They tried to fly in Brett Favre for game day there one time when he dumped him on the bus. Remember that? That's that's pretty funny. I'm looking at this picture you or this uh, painting you. Commission yeah, for Jared Duke. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life, <laughs> dude. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's really oh, cool. thank you. You should go look it up on his Twitter account. Someone with kind of an the '80s theme. I'll look at. It. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, here's another quick prediction. Tony Bridges will have. We're going to go up seven nothing in the first quarter. Quarter off of Tony Bridges' pick six. <laughs> That's I called, called Cody Core hitting the middle round with Bo Wallace against Boise State That's two true. years ago. So I'm one for one when I do this. It's going down. Bridges pick six. I almost want to predict a Carlos Davis punt return just to piss you off, Caleb. But <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that Jared Duke, that Jared Duke painting is one for the one for the ages for sure. Um. All right. So, Paul, Ryan, anything you want to say to the folks before we wrap up? Are we gonna do predictions for the? If you want, I want to do predictions. Um, Let's do it. Prediction number one: Yankees ain't the only people scoring runs this weekend. Prediction yeah, it's inside jokes <laughs> podcast. Go on. Prediction number two. I'm gonna say Ole Miss wins by 17 points against Florida State. My score prediction is 31 to what would that be? 14. This is, this is the guy that bets with his emotions. If you guys were wondering, yeah, it would be nice. 31-14. Ole Miss take it to the house. I hate, I hate doing predictions like this. It's so dumb. There's yeah, like it's, 20 ways this game could go. It's dumb, but I fucking hate Florida State. Let's go. Ole Miss, Homer, shit, yeah. Chad Kelly. Homer, fucking, shit, yeah. Fucking 28-24. Ooh, right up their ass. No, I think if we win, we're going to win by like 10. 34-24. Yeah, I can see that. It's a good prediction. We'll give up a couple big passes. The key is to keep them out of the end zone. And then Here's the key. When you have an inexperienced quarterback, is to not give up easy big touchdowns. Uh, that sounds really nice, but follow, hear me out here. Is that make them execute in the red zone. That's yeah. the toughest part of the field. Hold yeah. the field goals. Play Ben, but don't break. Totally true. I mean, so we talk a lot about the inexperienced Ole Miss defensive backfield, but I still think I give I give Ole Miss's defense a slight edge of experience over a first-time redshirt freshman starting at quarterback. There's enough experience on Ole Miss's defense that I, I think they're going to give him some problems. We'll see that. Um, expect a lot of exotic blitzes. Do you got – yeah, Table, you want to make your prediction? Uh, the only thing I'm going to predict is that Rod Taylor's going to give up two or three sacks. 
Probably true. Matt, I'm going to start a bar fight and I'm going to get my teeth kicked in. We're watching the game here. We're not watching the game at a bar. The yeah. bar is downstairs. It's in the basement, John. Yeah, I know that. We're going to, Rod Taylor's going to give up three sacks and get pissed and get down and order fries. They're going to be like, <laughs> we're the late night menu. Oh, you got to tell them about the fries. You got to tell them it's a late night menu. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to like hit somebody and somebody bigger is just going to knock my teeth in. Ooh, that's, that's it's just going to be ugly. Uh, it's going to be painful. Uh, not, at least you planned for it, so that's the good news. Hey, yeah. well, black and blue fries at Seventh Settlement Brewery Ooh. in the oh, lower man. level of my building. Black Best fries and, ever. Black and fries, and then they have uh, blue cheese crumbles. They're like the size of like my fist. And then they have buffalo chicken, um, pickled onions, which I, I didn't think would work. Definitely worked, and yeah. then they have a cheese that they—it's a homemade cheese that beer they cheese. make with their ale. It's a beer cheese. It's kind of like you know, if you've ever had Canadian beer cheese soup, like if that was a condiment, the beer cheese soup is great. And just no, that sounds—that sounds really good. It's, you can ask John. I ran three times that day because of how much like I, I could I, I could feel the weight gain from eating those fries, but they were. Fantastic. If there was a brewery and restaurant under my house, that'd be pretty sick. Um, <laughs> All right, yep. so business, man. Yeah, sadly there isn't. That's that's why I got to be with the new. Uh, wait, no, New Hampshire, almost in New Jersey. Sorry. I thought it was Connecticut, New Hampshire. Yes, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Um, all right, so we'll wrap up there for now. Uh, really, all that's left is to play the actual game, huh, guys? I think we kind of talked it into oblivion over this last off season, but <laughs> it's almost over. We've made it through the off season. Football is back. We just got to make it through what two two more days. So. Hopefully, guys, are listening to this, about to about to pop it up. So hopefully you listen to this on Sunday or maybe Monday morning before the game. Um, yeah, we're just waiting for seven for that kickoff. It's going to be great. I think the weather is looking okay. Uh, Tropical Storm Hermine is up past Florida now, I believe. Um, it's been really sunny here for the first time in like a month. So I'm hoping that's going to continue tomorrow, trying to watch the game outside. So uh, hope for that. Um, I'm not going to give everybody a chance to talk again. I've already done that. There's too many of y'all. So I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up here for now. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Always, you can check out our website, LandSharksAfterDark.com. Follow us on Twitter, at SharksAFTRDark. Um, I'm not sure when we'll record again, if it'll be again this week or maybe Sunday or what, but uh, we'll definitely get back to you with some thoughts after the game. We'll look ahead to some more lines. Um, basically get into our regular season flow here. So, Football is back. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hi, uh, Tati. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.